2: i finished these fights. Give
0: me a hell yeah!
2: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going
1: today. What's up, guys? This is Ryan Drassi, the host who ain't afraid to boast. And this is Top Rope Nation, the best pro wrestling podcast on the internet. If you're a long-time listener, thanks for joining us here this week. If you've never listened to the show before... We think you'll like what you hear. Stay with us here. We're going to talk about all the biggest news in pro wrestling this week, give our reactions to the WWE roster shakeup. We're going to talk the JBL bullying story and also the Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman angle that everyone's talking about from Monday night. But first of all, I need to introduce my co-hosts. So starting out here, by the way, this is episode number 34 of Top Rope Nation. I went back and actually counted so I could throw that out there this week. Uh, is Mr. Kyle Ross. Kyle has been with the show since the second episode back on August 4th. He is got one of the best minds, I believe, not to uh, get him too excited here, oh, one of the best minds about the wrestling industry. If you read his WWE SmackDown Live reports on toproadpress.com, you'll learn something new. He's got great insight. Kyle, what's going on tonight?
0: I, I don't know. I, I guess I have a lot of great insight. That's what's going on. <laughs> That's what I've been saying all along.
1: Well, I got to compliment you guys because I felt like after our show last week where we were debating Roman Reigns, I felt like I was kind of a jerk to you guys when we disagreed. So, I mean, you were wrong a lot. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to say, I'm getting closer and closer to jumping aboard the Roman Reigns train. By this the way, week see, was closer.
0: You know what was so great? You know what was so great? Uh, what? And I had actually I thought about it more. I was like, man, what was he thinking? Like thinking it's not like... It's fine, like, thinking that you can't compare the two. Like, yes, Reigns may compare not favorably to Cena, but yeah, absolutely, you absolutely have to compare them. And you know what was great? I'd kind of forgotten about the whole debate for a couple of days. And then Abby in, uh, I forgot what it was, was her Raw preview said, you know, Reigns is, just, is to me, is John Cena 2.0. And I said, thank you. Uh, Abby. There we go. <laughs> you know, our listeners might not know what you're talking about because me
1: and Kyle went on for, like, Literally almost 20 minutes debating this Roman Reigns. And it was
0: uncomfortable for Justin because while we were debating, I would look at Justin in the camera and he's like, so... He was watching
1: an NBA game. I could tell he was looking elsewhere. I actually cut a lot of that from the show. So the only people that actually probably heard that were our Patreon supporters that were watching the show live. If you see the Patreon exclusive version of last week's show, um, you can see the whole debate. I cut it from the webcast that I posted for everyone and the podcast. Uh, There's some of it was left in, but I cut like 15 minutes out. So if you guys want to see the unedited live versions of our shows every week, that's a good segue. Head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. You can get access for a dollar a month or whatever you want to give to the show. Um, And you can see me and Kyle argue about topics like Roman Reigns. So, uh, Kyle, I got to say, thanks for putting
0: up with me since episode two of Top
1: Rope Nation. I appreciate
0: it. My pleasure. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, this is easily of the 33 episodes like well i haven't been a part of all of them so i should you were absent for a few when justin first a few, but i mean of, of the 25 plus episodes i've been a part of clearly the best dressed i've ever been tonight <laughs> he's rocking the blazer he I looks mean, like he's yeah, out on the town like the like first downtown. Downtown. this is the first time i'm wearing even respectable clothing on this i mean a few of these i haven't even worn pants <laughs> and again you
1: can see that
0: live on the Patreon only you broadcast. can't with ladies you can't no matter how much you donate to Patreon you will not actually, <laughs> you'll just have to take my word that I'm not wearing pants you will not be able to get a under the desk view no matter how much you donate I'm sorry. Oh, we'll see about that
1: we'll see when the donations come in well I mean I don't know no I really mean that Kyle though your, your Smackdown reviews your news posts and top rope press your feature stories good insight in the wrestling industry Kyle's been oh. a fan for a long time
0: thank you I appreciate that
1: And if uh, other- I alienate this week my other co-host here he's been putting up with me since oh god i don't know 2001 or so we've been friends talking pro wrestling he is one of the funniest wrestling minds out there i think he's written some features for top row press you can look him up mr justin joint justin what's going on
2: hey guys Uh, i'm glad we were talking about our listeners earlier because i I actually just want to thank all the the smarts the marks humanoids, jabronis, and Johnny New Japans who t- tune in to listen to us ramble about the world's highest art form, pro And I uh, just want them to know that if you send us a message on Twitter, at TRNationPodcast, uh, there's like a 99% chance that we're going to get back to you. Unless you're a troll <laughs> or a bully.
1: Yeah. Speaking of bullying, guys, JBL. Moral Ronaldo, this has been the big story this week in pro wrestling. I know we all probably have some strong feelings on this, or maybe our feelings are strong just on JBL in general, more mm-hmm. so than the bullying story. Maybe in Kyle's case, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the general story, if you're not up to date, Moral Ronaldo looks to be done with WWE. And hey, this is a guy who he's been around uh, MMA, boxing, pro wrestling now for a while. Highly acclaimed announcer coming into WWE from his work with New Japan on Access specifically. Um, and he's on his way out. And some of that has to do, he he does have some issues with depression, bipolar disorder. Uh, but it seems like some of that has come from the JBL influence lately on SmackDown and, you know, some tension between the two. So I wanted to get what kind of takes you guys or hot takes you guys have on the story right now? A lot more has been coming out lately about what's going down. I mean, what do you, what do you think about JBL? Should WWE part ways? Do you think they're going to actually part ways? Are they going to be a star here in this situation, Kyle?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, Yeah. I mean, if it it all depends on if the reaction gets more intense, the way things are, we don't know what exactly the catalyst was for this with Morrow. I mean, was it just, what's that show called? They're like PTI ripoff show. They do on the network. I can't even think of the name. Oh, bring it to the table. Yeah. I like, I watched it like, okay. If that was all he did, that's probably not a fireable offense we don't know exactly what he did though i mean that's the whole key like we know that um or we think we know that jbl was the impetus for ronaldo seemingly you know quitting you know his on-air role as the play-by-play guy of smackdown i will say you know obviously said you know i do the reviews for the show every week they had no chemistry whatsoever together they clearly didn't get along Ah, uh, JBL has a history. We've heard a number of people come out in the past. You know, you know. I mean, if you take a, their word for it, that stuff's way worse than what JBL, you know, would have said about Moro with the Wrestling Observer um, retweet. Um, so, but if the situation gets bad on WWE, JBL will be the fall guy. Um, there's no real reason. It was funny in the in the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter. I was actually really glad. To see Dave Meltzer make this comparison, because I had thought of it the previous day, um, with Pat Patterson and went down with him in 1992, and how Pat, you know, kind of got the kayfabe firing. You know, they said they fired him, but they never really did. He never really went away. He was helping book the company. Pat Patterson had real value to the WWE in terms of booking bars. JBL it needs to be stated at least this is an outsider not someone who works for the company obviously but doesn't seem to have real value to the wwe so there's no real reason to protect him that's my like i mean i don't know like again he there is nothing that he has done i mean the history the pattern of behavior and which has been encouraged apparently is not good but you know with this specific incident with Moro. There's been nothing that's come out that's like, okay, he's gotta go because of that. But if the heat gets turned up, I've got to say this. There's no reason to protect JBL. In my like, I mean, would you guys agree with that? Like, I don't think JBL is someone he's not even like a Jesse Ventura in the late eighties, like in, in the announcer role. He he doesn't even have that value. Um, so could I see him being the one that falls on the sword? Yeah, absolutely. Uh will it happen? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, there's Kyle gag order with Moro, so I, I don't know. I mean, WWE just wants the situation to go away. I don't know if it will though. I mean, Deadspin's had a couple pieces on it this week, um, and and I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Kyle in that. I take hearsay with a grain of salt. I'm not going to rush to judgment unless I got the facts kind of laid out. Uh, I think JBL for outsiders has a history of bullying and bullying is definitely wrong especially when your company is an activist against it uh having said that i do 100 percent think jbl needs to go but that's only because i think he's an atrocious announcer
0: <laughs> see i don't think he's a bad announcer i just think i mean i will say he has done you know again if the Thing he did, what's the show called again? I already forgot what you said it was. Bring, bring it to it the
2: table. table, yeah. Bring it, if, I'm a if,
0: Mia Kyle, yeah. If the <laughs> <laughs> very good, if the bring it to the table was the big impetus for this whole thing, JBL's done a lot worse shit than that in his career. I mean, this guy freaking goose stepped in Germany, for God's yeah. sake. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I mean, yeah. stepped in Germany, I mean, yeah. that's really heinous. It's actually a crime in Germany, it is <laughs> had to pull some strings to get out of that one, yeah. And I mean, he, and some of the bullying stories that have come out with other guys, you know, the stuff that Justin Roberts has wrote about. I and mean, that's another thing that's really turned the heat up on JBL, too. We need to talk about it. it's not just moral that this story coinciding with the release of Justin Roberts book is really what's painted JBL in a bad light. And I mean, you know, I don't know JBL. I mean, he seems on the surface kind of a, like a dick, but I don't know that. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the man. I've never met him. I never will meet him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to rush to judgment. But, you know, again, um, I don't see... I mean, if the pattern's there and it turns into a public relations nightmare, then, you know, he's got to go. But that, you know, if JBL does get fired, that doesn't fix the problem once and for all because there is the issue of, well, why is JBL doing this? Is he just some asshole on his own doing this probably not you know i mean there's a lot of stories that he's kind of you know um been encouraged from above and that is an issue that's got to be fixed i mean just getting rid of jbl um wouldn't fix that i mean it's got to be kind of i mean i get that what this business used to be but it, it you know there's a lot of things that used to be stuff and you evolve, you change. I mean, like Kevin Nash. Did you read these comments today? Kevin Nash, who somehow has earned the reputation as one of the great minds of wrestling, Kevin Nash is is the opposite of one of the great minds of this industry. He's one of the worst minds of this industry. <laughs> Look at 1999 WCW booking when he was yes, in like in the Kevin booking Nash, had a great mind. So, like people, like, oh, you know, don't be a bitch. That's what Kevin Nash said. Like really and like Eric Bishop there's another guy who I could give two shits what he has to say on this I was never bullied congratulations E you know I mean wow so it's it's a mentality that has to be weeded out and it doesn't it didn't start with JBL and it won't end with JBL probably but um you know WWE is a lot better than it used to be I mean the stories that you used to hear that you hear and and that are celebrated quite frankly by a lot of fans that you hear, um, like on DVD releases and stuff. You know, it's a different industry now. You talk to people who work in the company. You know, there's no Ric Flair's that work for this company now. These guys take great care of their body. I mean, nobody's taking private jets to Vegas every weekend <laughs> and getting shit faced. You know, I mean, Ric Flair could price drink the current roster all under the table. I'm sure he does. You see, he got kicked out of a bar recently. Yes, he did, and I heard it. Rust- and you know, I uh, got wind at WrestleMania weekend he was drinking people under the table too.
1: <laughs> there, there's a lot of people that have had some hot takes on this story. I saw one the other day from Smith Hart. Um, I just pulled oh, it up. Oh, him
0: again? Not yeah. Smith Hart. Haven't we had enough hot takes? <laughs> he, no.
1: he said. He said, you know, actually, you know, Smith is in some poor health, so I, I wished him well in that regard. Okay. But, but. His, his Twitter account, he said, to those in the business today that think that JBL is a bully, I would have hated to see how you handled Kurt Hennig, Fuji, or Valentine. Now, again, like, you can't compare modern day to, like, how things were years and years ago. That's like saying, like, for all you women out there that think you deserve all these rights and stuff. I would have hated to see how you acted before women had the right to vote in 1920. Yes. You know, like, no, that's it's
0: not the way things work anymore. Yes. So I thought that was a pretty poor take as well. Yes, that's the whole thing. It's like you can't like, yes, okay, things. And, you know, I live in Cleveland. and People are like, oh, you know, just now that everyone's bitching about Chief Wahoo. It's like, you know, society evolves, you know, and just because something was tolerated 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago doesn't mean it should be tolerated today. So, I mean, and that's the case with bullying. I mean, people like, you know, to some people, they're like, what the hell, man, it's just all in good fun, you know. You know, and it's like, yeah, not really. Yeah, you know, if the stuff that he said to uh, Rene Dupree is true, that's pretty terrible. I mean, maybe there was a time period where it was kind of funny, but it's you read it now, it's like Jesus, that's horrible. Refresh our listeners on that one. What did he say to Rene Dupree? He he called him a French faggot. Apparently, a lot. Oh, yeah, and yeah, like this day and age, even use that word is pretty bad. Yes. Like, I mean, you hear that now and it's like, you know, I, mean, I don't think I'm I've heard more, anyone use that term since like middle school. Yeah. I mean, like I'm what, 37 years old. I'm going to say like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I used to hear that term a lot more, but now it's like no one says that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do, but no one that I associate with. But. One thing I was going to say, Kyle,
1: you said you don't know JBL. You don't know what he's like. Well, I will tell you one thing. If you disagree with him, he will block you in an instant on Twitter been found that recently i recently found out that jbl blocked me over a year ago had no idea i've yeah. only tweeted yeah i've only tweeted to him like one time and apparently i got blocked like a year ago Man, had, ryan
2: was ahead of the curve
1: yeah he had some weird take on like the government back actually no it's like two years ago it was In i will say this
0: like he is
1: bad <laughs> Well, he just – it wasn't even about like opinion. It was like he didn't even understand like the fun- the function of the executive branch. And all I did was say, well, what you said lost credibility because it's the job of the executive branch to enforce law or something like that. And he blocked me for that. So, okay. but, but I think JBL, um, you know, with these stories, I think they're accurate just because his track record says they're
0: accurate. We've got, like you said, Justin Roberts talking about it in his book. Right. He's I mean- got no reason to lie if one person would say this you're like "Eh, okay but you're right there is certainly um you know it's not just one person that's come out with this i mean you know i just brought up the name renee dupree uh there was john morrison that's come out um you know to kind of chime in on the passport story that roberts uh mentioned in his book i mean who else is there i mean there's been a number of people well, I've got a good
1: one here on Steve Blackman that okay. I want to talk about. So if you guys are longtime wrestling fans, you might remember Steve Blackman from the late 90s, the Attitude Era. Steve Blackman, the master of karate. Well, apparently, according to Bob Holly's biography. What's that?
0: Was he a master of karate? Karate. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know what style okay. of karate. I don't remember. Remember, he came out of the crowd? Remember when they kept doing that, both WWF and WCW? They kept <laughs> doing those hideous angles where people just come out of the crowd. that You talk about something that, thank God, they don't do anymore because that just encourages unruly fan behavior. Well,
1: to, to mess with Steve Blackman, who is a legitimate tough guy, <clears throat> shows yeah. how dumb JBL was at the time because not only that, you know, JBL is a tough guy. Do you guys ever see the Brawl for All? JBL got the crap knocked out of him in the brawl yeah. for all by hard I mean, gun, I
0: believe. He could probably kick my ass. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he wasn't. I mean, yeah, there's been tough for people in wrestling, sure. All
1: right. I wanted to talk about this section because it's relevant now. This book came out years ago, but Bob Holly wrote oh, Bob about the story about when he was traveling with Steve Blackman and JBL had tried to bully Steve Blackman. So hopefully I won't bore you guys. If I want to read this, I think you'll find it hilarious because when I read it recently, I have not read Bob Holly's book. I laughed pretty hard at this. So my best narration here. I'm going to read you the section from Bob Holly's book as quickly as I can. So he wrote at the Kansas city airport, Steve Blackman and I were waiting around when Bradshaw came over. It was an early morning flight and John was still drunk from the night before. He started patting Steve's butt. Steve said, John, I don't play that shit. Knock it off. John patted him again and again. Steve was getting brutally pissed. He told him, John, next time you do that, I'm going to knock your effing teeth out. So of course, John did it again. Steve whipped around and backhanded Bradshaw, popping him with jabs in the face. John started swinging and missing, and his head was snapping back with each of Steve's jabs. Steve stepped back, planning to kick Bradshaw's knees out. He got his leg caught in a bag handle. Al Snow and I grabbed Steve, Ron Simmons grabbed John, and we pulled them apart. John was walking back and forth like a, a rooster looking to fight. Before he left, Steve, Steve told him, I'm going to effing kill you. He meant it, too. So we got out of our car and got on the road. Ken Shamrock was riding with us. Miss me, who's Bob Holly, Blackman. <laughs> this is quite the undercard 1999 <laughs> yeah. WWE group here. So this is Bob Holly, Blackman, and Shamrock. That's a dangerous car, and I'm yeah. the warm one, says Bob Holly. A teddy bear compared to the other two. That whole journey, Shamrock was poking and prodding Steve, telling him that Bradshaw was going to be, telling him that Bradshaw was going to beat his ass. Steve wasn't saying a word. And who did we see when we checked in the hotel? Bradshaw and Ron Simmons were right there. Alright, almost done. The boys don't always stay at the same hotel, so it was a complete coincidence and not a good one for John. Came over to apologize, and Steve said, No apologies, I'm going to finish you later. And walked off. We found him in the gym, still boiling mad. Once we were in the arena and had sat down and catering, John walked in. Everybody went silent as Steve stood up. He said, if you got something to say to me, you say it now or I'm going to finish you in front of everybody. Bradshaw walked over, apologized and said, I shouldn't have messed with you and shook his hand. That was the end of it. Steve sat down and said, Bob, if it wasn't for that bag, John would be in intensive care right now. (laughs) Wow. So John back down. John being John Layfield, JBL. I thought that was hilarious.
2: If Blackman doesn't know karate, he knows crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't pat Steve Blackman on the ass, man. Yeah. Wow. Take away there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I just um, you know, it's funny. I mean, here's the thing. So like, they always say like, what's the best way to combat a bully? Well, you just confront him, and the issue with it being endorsed is if guys are afraid of career repercussions. Like if, Oh, like that's where it's like a real problem inside W if people are afraid because it's cool for Blackman, maybe he just didn't give a shit what would happen or, you know, and again, that was a different era, you know, and, and may, you know, if two guys got into a fight back then, I mean, that was just the way it was. But like, if guys are afraid to confront JBL for fear of repercussion from the company, that's a major issue. That's actually like, I mean, that supersedes JBL because JBL is essentially representing the company in that regard. And, and, you know, that's like, it's almost like, well, I, I, I can't respond because, you know, then I would, you know, I would no longer be in good standing with WWE. So, I mean, that's the issue.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on your take that there's really nothing about JBL where, like, WWE couldn't part ways, at least for a while with him. Like, they, they wouldn't suffer oh at God. all. His announcing be... has been...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, I mean, I just don't... What value does JBL have? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're telling me that, like, I mean, if JBL wasn't on SmackDown ever again, that, like, that would be cause for you not to watch it? Well, I mean, as a former wrestler... I mean, the th- the things that he could add
1: if he's not a great announcer, which he's not, would be maybe he's like a mentor for the young guys. I don't think that's the
0: case. No, I'm not sure. I, mean, yeah. I mean, and he's not a booker. I mean, you know, Pat, like, was a book. I mean, was a booker. JBL, I mean, he's just an announcer. I mean, so there's no need to protect him. But again, you know, the issue is, okay, is JBL gone rogue on this? Or, you know, is the behavior indeed encouraged from above? And if that's the case, then I mean, you know, that, that's a whole different issue. That's not a JBL issue. It's a company issue. And it probably is a company issue. It was an industry issue. I mean, that's why all these old guys, you, you talk about Kevin Nash, Smith Harder saying all this stuff that like comes across as just like just dinosaurs talking because it's something that's gone on. And it's like, yeah, okay, it went on, but doesn't mean it's okay in 2017. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if, you know, I mean, the question is, is it a JBL thing or is it a WWE thing? It's probably a little bit of both, truth be told. Yeah. Um, you know, the culture of wrestling, you put that many dudes, you know, traveling together close quarters. You're going to have this stuff from time to time. But does JBL take, is individually take it too far? Mm-hmm. If you read the stories, it kind of seems like he does. You don't hear about this uh, from too many other people. Yeah.
1: So we'll have to see how this shakes out. Next week's show, maybe we'll have some new information to talk about. But as of right now,
0: it seems like... Who who makes it longer in their role? (laughs) JBL or Bill O'Reilly? I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks!
1: Oh my goodness. Probably Bill O'Reilly because he's like the biggest ratings draw on Fox yeah. News. So, yeah, it'll take –
0: although what Bill O'Reilly did, uh, it's a little bit worse than JVL. Yeah, I'll, I agree with you on that one, but yeah, so, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I hope they're both fired. Um, they're both- <laughs> <didn't matter. Yeah. laughs> There's somebody else too. I said there was, there was three people. i got to look up the text there.
1: While you're looking that up, the latest news is that WWE is working on a agreement with Mauro Ronaldo to kind of like keep him quiet on this story, to kind of like try to – Settle the dust and everything that's been happening. So, uh guess you're trying to get a gag order on more Ronaldo, for lack of a better term.
2: And Boy, that just that makes them look even worse.
1: Yeah, this was in the uh, Observer this
0: week that Meltzer reported that. So, It was Chief Wahoo that I also wanted gone, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he Kyle's an Indians fan, so but man, part. that is a racist oh. logo. Yes, yes. The racist Cleveland Indians logo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's bad. Like, and. Mm. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's a bad. I mean, it's almost like an admission of guilt, right? Like, yeah. okay, Okay, has gone. Moral. Tell us about what went wrong. Oh, I can't. I signed it. Well, I mean, what does that mean? That that obviously means that WWE doesn't want something out. So, it's bad. I mean, they know. They know it's you know, they know it's bad, and they're aware of it. And I don't know. I mean, they've had worse stories than this before, and they've survived. Um, but you know, not to be that guy but you know with this social media nowadays it's a little tougher sometimes this stuff um doesn't go away quite as quickly yes. as to that's, that's for sure um i want to get to the uh roster shake-up before we get
1: there though i just want to talk about that angle on raw with braun strowman and roman reigns well, this is a hard right turn what a tremendous individual
2: strongest man in the world there is no (laughs) doubt he did that without any gimmicks
1: (laughs) what a great segment though i mean regardless braun Strowman, man man. talk about a guy who's improved in a year and roman reigns too hey man i'm sorry i know we talked about it last week on the show i'm getting closer and closer to jumping aboard the roman reigns train choo-choo Some of that is just due to the criticism he gets that, like, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but, like, sometimes I see some of the stuff people say about him, and it's like, are you okay. kidding me? Like, that's this is just whiny at this point. So, that that's pushing me more towards the Roman Reigns train. But, man, what a great angle. This shows you, again, we've talked about this on the show, that um, wrestling is not always about the athletic young you know, quick, smaller guys in 2017. Sometimes the big guys have a role and my God, this angle that they did, the backstage fight on Monday night was tremendous.
0: You know what was good about it? What was great about it, I should say, and and I noticed it, is that Raw especially falls into this trap when the show's laid out. Like, a segment happens, you know, like, you know, the show's plotted out. How many segments are there in Raw typically? Like there's like like, 12 to 15, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a specific number. And so like all the segments are very self-contained. Like a segment happens. Maybe they should review it after the break, but then it's over. It's not really touched on. Like it's just like a series of self-contained segments. This like very much like took over a portion of the show. And you don't see that often on raw and it felt important. Like that really needs to be stated to me. Like I was like, wow, they, they just keep going with this. They're not like, um, you know, they're not just like moving on to the next thing. You know, it kept going and going, and it felt like, um, you know, it kind of. I'm trying to like think of like a comparison to it. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It kind of the, the there was like obviously the Austin angle where he hijacked the ambulance when he beat up Bret Hart. Oh yeah. But, um. You know. I mean, this just felt like okay this has taken over the show and you very rarely get that with raw these days where it's just like, okay, a segment happened. Maybe it was good, but it's over now. And we're on to the next thing. This kind of very much took over the show. And I, I liked that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I, I want to get Justin's take here in a minute, but, uh, it's funny you said that Kyle, cause that's exactly what I thought when I was watching it was, it was very similar to that Brett Austin raw. It was like March or April of 97. I think it was um, May or even, yeah, maybe yeah, sometime in the spring of 97. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, these guys, if <laughs> you listen to the crowd response in the background, They that crowd was just eating out of the palm of their hand. They loved everything. Every single one of these segments was just tremendous. So, Justin, what did you think of it on Monday night?
2: Loved it. Thought it was amazing. Uh, it, it did remind me of, and this is something wrestling fans kind of, in general, can only think in the short term. And I think me and Ryan are kind of to blame uh, also in this, going back to... Uh, Braun losing to Roman Reigns at the pay per view before WrestleMania, we were complaining. It's like, oh, you build up Braun as this huge monster, and you just have him lose on some meaningless pay per view. And it's it's a nice reminder that just because something like that happens, anybody yeah. can be rehabilitated into yes. being a monster again.
0: Yes, very good point. I think it was Kyle. Did
1: you write on a news piece today on Top Rope Press about uh, this could possibly be an ambulance match, the pay per view? Yeah, was so,
0: well, yeah, I was. Um, so that, that was just me speculating because if you look now, first of all, WWE's working an angle where Roman's got a separated shoulder. So I don't know if they're going to do the match on payback, which is weird because originally Meltzer said that that was the plan main event for the show. And if they're not doing it, I guess that would make a little bit more sense why they've moved this Orton Wyatt thing which we'll get into. I know when we talk about the super strategic more to pay back. Cause to me, that like makes no sense why they would do that otherwise. But I mean, if they need a main event, then I guess there you go. But yeah, to me, if you, you know, if you watch an ambulance match it makes sense because we've heard they're going to do Strowman Lesnar. They teased it on the raw after WrestleMania. And if you do an ambulance match one, it's very natural based on the angle because it involved an ambulance. And B, an ambulance match allows Reigns to lose without getting pinned. So, to me, that would make sense. Um, they haven't done an ambulance match in a while, have they? Was the last one, like, Cena Kane? Yeah, uh, I got it. It's, it's been years. Yeah, I, I can't remember if there's been one since then. There probably has been.
2: Wait, didn't Bray and uh, Dino do one? Or was that just yeah, Dean coming
0: out of an ambulance? They did. They did. Bray and Dean did. They did a lot of gimmick matches, I remember. But you're right. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. Brian Dean was the last one. Bunch of classics. <laughs> yeah, I think that was on Raw, actually. Brian Dean. Yeah. Because I, I they did a TLC match at um, TLC, um, a pay-per-view that was here in Cleveland. Um,
1: well, yeah, Braun Strowman is a guy who's just really grown into his role so much in the last year. I mean, when they first brought him up in the Wyatt family, he, I mean, he was terrible. He was awful on Raw. And since then... He's very good for a big guy.
0: He, he plays into his role perfectly. He's one of the highlights of the show every week. He's booked so. very well ever since. I mean, he's clearly been one of the big winners post brand extension. Because, oh. Because yeah. like, I booked him right from, I mean, w- with the squashing going back to Ellsworth. Remember that? James Ellsworth was his first squash match on Raw. Uh, since, I mean, he's been booked perfectly, basically, yeah. since the brand extension.
2: Uh, one more great thing about that segment. Is is it led to a lot of really good uh, United Airlines memes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my but,
2: but, god! <laughs> okay, and this wasn't one of them, but I got to share it. But it, it is kind of wrestling related because it's Roddy Piper. There's a there's a little ad. It says United Airlines. We came here to sell seats and kick ass, and we're all out of seats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my God, United Airlines, get it together! Did you hear the thing today? They they had a scorpion fall on a guy's head and sting him. Came what? from the bag. Oh yeah, yeah, legit. How does that happen? There was a flight from I think Houston to Calgary. I know it was to Calgary. I think from Houston, and a guy was on the flight, and from the overhead bin above on the carry-on section, a yeah, a scorpion fell
0: out and stung the guy. Holy Christ! <laughs> United <laughs> Airlines, what is going on? I'll tell you what, man. O'Hare, O'Hare is the only place that I have had a flight canceled both ways on the same trip <laughs> when i went to uh, Lollapalooza the last year i went i can't remember this was a few years ago so more than five years ago probably but yeah i had my flight there canceled and then i had my flight going back here to cleveland canceled as well <laughs> quality experience at o'hare airport where the l jumps the tracks and drives into
1: people also <laughs> they've, had, they've had some issues there uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've enjoyed the memes too, though I, I got to say. So, yeah, we'll see what
0: happens. But uh, yeah, Braun Strowman to me one of the highlights of RAW. So, so, what do we think? Do 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 we think they're they're not going to do that match at Payback and that Reigns they're going to sell this? I mean, oof, they had the kayfabe story today about all the injuries he had. Did you guys see that? Yeah, like a separated show. That's what I'm saying. Like, are they really going to like It'd
1: be hey, a rush? Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, but but it, it would work. I in would the capital. Day. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, I'm just. it works into him getting beat and taking the L and, like, how you mentioned that it, it keeps building up Braun for a possible match against Lesnar at SummerSlam.
0: But I wouldn't push – you know, that angle was so hot, like, yeah, okay, you want to sell the injuries, but, man, um, if I'm WWE, I would want to take advantage of that and – have that headline because you can get away then with not having a title match like because to me that match is pretty hot and that angle was so good that that could absolutely headline a pay-per-view those two
2: that angle was so hot it was on fire and next week braun's gonna tip over a a fire truck
0: yeah because yeah i don't don't know what you do with braun then if you know you're gonna sell this Reigns injury it just that seems odd to me and the whole thing with Moving Wyatt and Orton to a um, payback, having that th- that match, which they don't even know what the hell it's going to be. Mm, I don't know. It's, it seems like a lot of last second decisions were being made. Uh, you know, with the superstar shakeup. I I wanted to say this one thing. This is the other thing I thought about the betting. I want to get this up. Are they going the Tommy Dreamer route with Roman Reigns to get him over as a babyface? Like, are they just going to have him take? all and this crap punishment. out of constantly and like the F like it's going to be like the fans are going to finally <laughs> respect him because he's hardcore like he was taking those bumps like is that what like to, when watching that live and they kept going with it, I'm like man that's where they're going with this they're doubling down on this they want reigns to be the baby face that a lot a large portion of the crowd doesn't want him to be and I think they think in their infinite wisdom well if we go the Tommy dreamer route we can do this not did gonna work any, did the crowd loved it but yeah i thought that too but the crowd
1: loved it so much what, what Strowman did to him that i i don't think they're gonna like all of a sudden
0: get sentimental and start training well i'm not, not saying it's gonna race, work but i know i know I know, I know yeah mentality i think wwe thinks okay we can make reigns this you know you know he's hardcore kind of like you know that was how they got tommy over yeah, ACW. like he just like would take this unreal punishment and eventually the fans were like, hey, you know what? OK, we respect this guy. Yeah. And like I think that's where they were going. Like this is building to.
2: I think they knew it was going to get a reaction from both sides of him. Like we've talked about for weeks now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, initially, yeah. I mean, obviously you don't change feelings in one night with one angle, no matter how good it is. But it'll be interesting moving forward if that's kind of how they do do that with Reigns where he, you know he takes a lot of bumps and stuff. He's taking some he was bumping really well by the way that angle. That needs to be stated. Yeah. Like he was bumping oh, yeah. like a maniac. And and he bumped well a few weeks ago when Reigns or uh when Strowman hit him with that clothesline out of nowhere in that one angle. Remember that and Reigns like rolled down the ramp. right I mean Reigns has been bumping like a madman for Strowman. Give him credit.
1: Go. I mean, we've always said, even when I've talked about Reigns now, uh, you know, maybe not being the guy and stuff, he's a way better worker than people give him credit for. Oh, yes, absolutely. There's still yeah. not about that. So, um, I don't know. You know, you guys mentioned the the WWE title match with uh, Orton and Wyatt. Let's transition to the superstar shakeup with that. So, Ugh. they moved the Wyatt-Orton match to Raw's pay-per-view. I mean, talk about telegraphing the finish obviously not going to have Bray Wyatt who's now in Raw win the title and bring SmackDown's world title to Raw, right? Unless, unless they're thinking of combining the two world titles, I guess that's the only. Well, or, way. or
0: see Lesnar being the universal champion is such a wild card because Raw is, has this part-time world champion. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, what if could, I mean, could they do it and leave SmackDown with no world champion? maybe I, I don't know I, I feel like to me the overarching uh storyline in my head when i i think of them moving that match up a couple weeks up a full pay-per-view is they weren't happy with that storyline the way it's played out and that that has been you know i mean you know i'll defend wwe against things when i think people are unfairly criticizing but i think that storyline has been pretty weak overall the Orton-Wyatt thing, it just hasn't worked. And it seems like they just kind of want to blow it off. And as much as I haven't liked it, though, eh, I don't know if I agree with this decision in the sense that if you knew what this House of Horrors match was going to be, you can play that up. And Because I don't know what the headliner is going to be for Backlash, which is SmackDown's first yeah. only pay-per-view. I mean, it can't be a U.S. title match between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, can it? You wouldn't think so, but...
1: I mean, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, that should be a world title feud. And you wrote in your SmackDown review this week, Kyle, that it's it's pretty much becoming clear, and we talked about it for weeks before WrestleMania, that what a horrible decision it would be to make Randy Orton the SmackDown world champion. And it's becoming clear that was the wrong decision. And you got AJ Styles winning a U.S. title number one contendership match. Why?
0: I don't know well I I do like how they made the second because they I mean we bitch about this all the time and you know maybe it's 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 too little too late but I do like when they build the secondary titles up and they did a good job with the US title making that the focus but at the same time it made me realize man they 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 hardly hyped that House of Horrors match at all on SmackDown they don't even know what it is, reportedly. I mean, they're sending out surveys to fans. What do you want this match to be? Why don't you tell us? this? What you, do you want it match? to be WCW-esque. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, God, like, you just come up with this. You don't even know what it's going to be like. That's something that, I mean, it'll be goofy. And that yeah. worries me a little bit. But if you have an idea what this match is, you hype it for a few weeks, that's a pay-per-view headliner easily. You can build interest in that. Um, even as much as I, I think it was the, the, you know, Orton's champions, the wrong decision. It'll drum up interest, but man, I, I just don't know. Um, I don't know about the c- decision to move it up to the Raw pay-per-view, unless if they're not doing Ray and Strowman. In that case, then Payback did need a headlining match and whatever. Well, I wanted to get you guys' take
1: on um, who you think won the uh, roster shake up here. So in summary, SmackDown got Owens or Jericho, depending on who wins
0: their match for the U.S. title, but obviously that's probably going to be Kevin Owens. Well, I think Owens is on SmackDown regardless, and it's well, if Jericho wins, he's here too. Okay. To kind of cover for the fact that we all kind of know Jericho's not winning. So we got the beardless Kevin Owens. I guess he's he's got like a
1: 5 o'clock shadow going. (laughs) We got uh, Charlotte, New Day, Rusev, Lana, Sami Zayn, the shining stars sin cara jinder mahal and tamina and then the gender board, oh god gender <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about gender because of the finn balor entry here in, in okay. a minute um raw got miz and maurice dean ambrose bray wyatt alexa bliss mickey james apollo cruz kalisto Heath slater and rhino and kurt hawkins so i just want to have like a brief round table here on who you guys think made out the best here? Because I, to me, long term, it's hard to tell. Because when we were doing the show last summer and we had the original brand split, we talked about it. I was like, wow, SmackDown seemed to have gotten the short end of the stick, but ended up being the better show. Um, we talked about this off air. Now, this wasn't part of the official roster shakeup, but SmackDown also got Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously, called up from NXT. So you got to factor that in. But uh, who do you guys think made out better here long-term, SmackDown or Raw? Let's start with uh, Justin. Justin, what do you think?
2: I think 100% SmackDown. Uh, I think the guys that they got leads to fresher uh, possible feuds and matches. I mean, just think, we got Styles, Owens, Nakamura, Zayn. I, I mean, Styles, Owens, and Zayn would be in my top five workers, period, in the company. But you, you mix, and then you look at what uh, Raw has, and I don't know if there's as much there to entice me. Plus, a lot, they have so many top guys that they can easily get lost in the mix. Or I, I just think SmackDown has a better opportunity to uh, stay fresh.
0: All right. Kyle? I think SmackDown is pretty. Losing both Miz and Wyatt leaves them weak on the heel side. Um, I don't know if, you know, there was some speculation that maybe Wyatt was a. Last minute decision because there had been talked that AJ Styles was moving to Raw. And Styles, it's interesting because if he's the feud with Owens, are they doing heel heel or are they turning Styles babyface? Because if they turn Styles babyface, then SmackDown is super weak on the heel side. It's basically Owens and Baron Corbin as your top heels.
2: Uh, um, Styles?
0: Well no, I'm saying if you turn yes, styles baby ter-
2: face. Oh, sorry, sorry,
0: gotcha. yeah, if you turn styles baby face for that feud, then I mean, you know, um, you know, that leaves them really weak. And and they, they you know, it's funny we had talked about before the shake up, you know, okay, maybe you turn styles baby face to kind of be the guy, the one A face on the brand when Cena's not around. Well, Nakamura fills that role now, in my opinion. And there is Randy Orton, uh who and, by the way is your champion. So Rusev um, yeah, Rusev, when he comes back, can be, and I I, I, may, I noted in the review, I think that was the um, kind of the underrated acquisition for SmackDown. I think Rusev will have a lot of room to grow on that brand, and that's very good for him because um, he was lost in the shuffle on Raw. So I, I, I call it a wash, to be honest with you. When you include Nakamura, not only the Nakamura call-up, but Ty Dillinger as well, um, who's popular, um, I think it was a wash. I, I don't think there's um, any griping that needs to be done Um again, okay, I, I see why they would move Wyatt because with this storyline with Wharton, it's kind of hard to have them on the same brand now if they're not feuding because, you know, they, they went all out with it, so um, it's not like there's, that would be without precedent if they did leave them on the same brand and just kind of ignore that history, but um, you know, Miz, I was kind of sad to see go, um, but uh, Ambrose was a right move to move brands because he had he had actually in a year he had basically worked with everybody
2: on yeah. smackdown
0: so so i was not shocked at all that ambrose left um and then when ambrose left you knew owens was coming over because they're not gonna have both secondary champions so no i i call it a wash i call it a complete wash
1: yeah i've had a hard time with this i with justin's point with the fresh matchups i definitely see that i see I see uh, like, uh, guys on SmackDown that like, the internet wrestling community wants to see succeed, like Sami Zayn, for example, that they can get a better shake. Like, I think Sami Zayn's really going to be invigorated by his move to SmackDown. Well, they beat um, him on that first show, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think long-term, he'll yeah. be good. Um, but like Kyle was saying, with you know, SmackDown lost some important guys, and I feel like SmackDown lost a lot from the top of their card. You know, like Miz was one of the best things on SmackDown. Um Dean Ambrose always has his following. Alexa Bliss arguably like the best thing going in the women's division recently. you know other than Charlotte those two are definitely the best things going. Amazing. I thought Alexa, Alexa by the way on Raw was awesome. I thought her in the ring with Bailey and Sasha. I can't believe I'm saying this because I love those two also, but man, I thought Alexa came up like the better performer at least in the promo
0: segment. Well, yeah, I mean Sasha's Sasha's strength has never been promos. So oh, well, yeah, that's like, true. Especially with the ba- especially cutting baby, she's bad at cutting baby promos. But Alexa's been getting a lot
1: better in the ring, and as a personality and like charisma wise, yeah, her facial right expressions
0: are very good. Her facial expressions are very good. She she plays her character well. So I so I feel like SmackDown lost a lot of the top well, performers on their show. The issue is with SmackDown they had fewer main eventers. I mean, there was like yeah. They, they only had like six top guys, and three of them moved, and Cena's not around. So mm-hmm. the only mainstays are Styles and Corbin, if you wanted to consider him a main guy. and he it was kind of knocking on that door, but um I don't know if he's officially a top guy uh, yet. So that's kind of like the only holdovers, whereas Raw had Reigns' day, Stroman's day, uh, Rollins' day you know so
2: that's part of the intrigue of smackdown for me though is they are going to have to make some stars they're going to have to yeah. pick up some of these other guys yeah. we know, we know who's going to be headlining raw for the next year mm-hmm. yeah we don't know that with smackdown
0: yeah
1: yeah I, I i agree so i think i'm intrigued by smackdown and if i didn't factor in shinsuke nakamura i would say overall for sure raw won here but when you factor in nakamura who's one of the best performers in the in the company and uh obviously the most over guy in smackdown already like kyle wrote in his review this week uh i don't don't know i see kyle's point with it being a wash i think on the surface i think raw maybe benefited a little bit more but long term smackdown might be in a better position
0: SmackDown should be happy with Nakamura, and, and they're going to get Cena back. Of a, you know, for you know, I don't know if Cena is going to. He probably won't work again till SummerSlam. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, when he comes back, that's always a big deal. Um, they actually pulled him from the SummerSlam advertising. I guess. Oh wow! So, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard. I have heard it is going to be a light 2017 for John Cena. Yeah, in WWE, a very light, even lighter than it was in 2016. So. Wow, I assumed they would at least have him back for the big show. So that's that. That's pretty interesting. Um, I was surprised. So when they announced the whole shakeup and they did the Orton Wyatt thing, right? To get back to that, I had assumed okay, they're going to blow that off. I had assumed it was going to be Orton and AJ working a world title program because you know they had that good match on SmackDown a few what was it? It was probably a few months ago back at this point, maybe a few weeks, month, whatever. Yeah, and it clearly the way that match was worked where they didn't do a lot of the big moves. It was clearly to me set up for, okay, these guys are working down the line. So I'm a little surprised and I would still expect those two to do a world title program, right? You would
1: think, and unless they're going to move I, Nakamura right, right away there. Yeah. But. I mean, that's the
0: question. So let's say Orton retains against Wyatt. Who is your world title contender for, Backlash, assuming that they do Styles Orton as the U.S. Styles Owens, pardon me, as the U.S. Corbin? title. Match. Corbin? I
1: mean, he needs, they want Orton to be the face, so he needs a top heel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd say Corbin. Yeah, like, really? Hmm.
2: I don't I, see I, any options? Like you said, They're title.
0: light on the heel light. side. To me, baron still needs to be winning. He shouldn't be losing world title matches. He should be winning against guys, you know against mid-card fodder is what he should be doing right now. So what if Baron Corbin... I, I have heard
1: that Corbin's going to get a world title push this year. What if Corbin wins the title and he's the transition to Nakamura winning it?
2: I'm okay with that.
1: I could, I could see that because he got the okay. king of strong style. Corbin's like a hard hitter. Okay. So they have a pretty physical match. I don't think Corbin would have the belt long, but maybe they don't want Nakamura to beat Orton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you said, the top, the top of the card is kind of thin and it's definitely thin on the heel side. So, yeah, I
2: intriguing. don't know. I mean,
0: what was that? <laughs> it's but It's
2: intriguing.
0: <laughs> Payback, by the way, is going to be a loaded show potentially. Yeah. To me, I mean you, you, cause you're going to add Rollins and Joe. That's like a lock. Um, Bailey is defending. To me, that's got to be like a major match, by the way. Bailey defending in her hometown and potentially Sasha turning on her. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a major featured match on that card. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't think they'll close with it, but um, they could. I mean, if it, it, it had been built right, but I feel like they've kind of dragged their feet a little bit with only two weeks. I don't know if they have enough time to make it you know, the kind of the deal they did with Sasha and Charlotte. So, mm-hmm. Well,
2: hey,
0: yeah, go ahead, quick, Justin.
2: Uh, I was just going to say uh, for me, my biggest uh, winner individually is Kalisto getting over to raw and uh, getting in with those cruiserweights. I just wanted to mention that real quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously that, that was a spot for him. God, was it two years ago? Kalisto was getting a lot of hype. Um, maybe it was last year. I don't even remember, but he yeah, was, been-
0: remember, he was having good matches with Ryback
1: yeah Yeah. and they just kind of abandoned him recently so i think notable yeah i think he's just another guy that can uh really shine in the del rio too that worthless (laughs) dog (laughs) oh man alberto del rio yeah that's a that's a whole other topic uh so speaking of everyone's favorite wrestler not alberto del rio but justin's favorite wrestler finn Balor. Uh, reportedly suffered a concussion Monday night with Jinder Mahal who is no longer on Raw so uh, luckily he can no longer injure Finn Balor in any upcoming matches Uh, Finn Balor you guys
0: feel like he's going to be kind of left out of the shuffle for a while or I was wondering it's funny that you mentioned that so after Raw was over and I'm figuring out where they go with Finn on payback I couldn't come up with anything Justin
2: well, it looked like they were going to start something with uh, Bray Wyatt.
0: Yeah, but th- that clearly has – they have to wait for Bray to work Orton, though, at that pay-per-view. So, yeah. I mean, Finn can't work Bray.
2: It looks like he's going to be out for a month anyway, so. Okay, wow. I mean, if he's actually concussed. Yeah. Yeah. Which, man, watching that, it's like he did have that glazed look in his eye, and mm-hmm. some of his moves were uh, a little bit more uh, molasses than usual.
1: I saw some Twitter comments like, "Oh, Finn Balor, guy he must be made of glass because he's already injured again." It's like, dude, he got knocked in the face full bore by who looks a guy who looks to be chemically
0: enhanced, Jinder Mahal.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, what do you expect? This is not this is not the guy that's made of Jim glass.
0: Hall. Have you guys been privy to this Jinder Mahal debate on Twitter? uh refresh me on this one like people have been like hyping jinder mahal like crazy in the last week i've seen is like some hate on him
1: because of injuring uh balor what's that i've seen some hate on him for injuring balor oh, I see, seen... i've seen some
0: other ways like people are like you know this jinder mahal is a very underrated
1: enhancement talent oh my did you see the boot he gave to balor in that match like early in the match the miss by like a foot <laughs> no. oh it was terrible horrible
0: <laughs> Shendervall. I'll tell you he's in line. He's a guy who might be pushed on Spectrum. Maybe, you know, maybe nah. he's going to be a top guy. Maybe he challenges Randy Orton. Oofda. I mean,
1: he looks a lot better cosmetically
0: than he did a couple he years does, ago, yeah. but Mike, yeah, You know, Vince got I'm not sure. over that body. I did see someone had a funny tweet vince jr is really losing it When the 175 pound guys beating a guy who looks like jinder mahal you know vince <laughs> you know vince vince isn't making the key he's really changed his tune can you, I mean, can you imagine that i mean seriously if you've been a longtime wrestling fan you talk about how things have changed think about finn balor squashing jinder mahal based yeah. on the history of wwe like that's kind of crazy yeah
1: that's true it, 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 yeah, Balor definitely doesn't have the size traditionally that they push,
0: but I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't a... like, by the way, was that you who tweeted this, Justin? I'm assuming about not liking the prospect of a Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt feud. Was that you who tweeted? I tweeted that I was pro that. Yes, yes, that's what okay. I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how hot I am on that feud.
2: Well, I, I'm big on it because I'm a Finn Balor fan, and there's mm-hmm. no way you don't beat bray wyatt because he is completely neutered now
0: see that's why it doesn't excite me like because you it's gonna build the demon king and like i guess that's cool but it's pretty like let's talk about bray wyatt
2: okay i I, real quick and i agree with you i'm just trying to make myself feel better about it because it is it is effing meaningless now because of what they've done to bray wyatt
0: okay like uh, let's talk about bray wyatt Am I crazy in saying that this guy should be turned babyface?
2: 100% he should
0: be. Okay, because like like I like, to me, he is so dead end in this heel role. He loses every top feud he's in. He, apparently, he's going to lose it again to Orton. Again, let's let it play out. I don't know. Maybe they're going to do something crazy, have him beat Orton. Smackdown, the US title is going to be the big thing on SmackDown. But, you know, it just seems like I don't his heel character kind of bores me and if you go back I've noted this before in this program Ryan I know you remember this you watch the TV before he got hurt last year they did some stuff where like he confronted Triple H when Triple H was champion going into WrestleMania 32 and the crowd went crazy for him and then the match where he his last TV match before he got hurt he teamed with Roman yep and they were building to a babyface turn, it seemed. And then they totally abandoned it when he came back. They just programmed uh, the Wyatts with the New Day or something. I really, really think Bray Wyatt needs to be a babyface. That match with
2: Reigns has the greatest gif of all time, which I'm, I'm going to tweet it right now on the uh, Top Rope Nation podcast. Okay. So everybody go well, check who it out.
1: Remembers that. At TR Nation podcast. Give yes. us a follow. Yeah, that's. I agree. the The heel Wyatt thing has been played out for a couple of years now.
0: And it, it's rare to say this, you know, because you know the f- guys, you know, turn all the time, you know, in modern WWE. But he's been a heel now for what? Um, I mean, is you know, his, I mean, obviously this Bray Wyatt thing goes to NXT, but you know, three years now, three and a half, three, yeah. Four I mean, years. his first I've- Mania, his first Mania was thirty when he worked Cena and he'd come up a little bit before that mm-hmm. So Yeah. I mean, we're talking about he's been, you know, he's had a nice three year heel run. I mean, even in the old days, that was kind of a long time. Yeah. Well, getting back to Balor,
1: um, I just wanted to mention, cause we talked about how, uh, we don't know where he's going and you know, in the traditional wrestling sense, Finn Balor is the guy who never lost the Universal yes. title. Yes. And he comes back and he's going to be in a mid card feud. He's not going after the Universal title. You got Lesnar off TV for weeks. I, it just kind of defies logic.
0: I mean, yes. I, I think that's a, It is so weird that um, they, they're not addressing it. It's like an elephant in the room. It's like, okay, if you're Finn Balor's character and you gave this title up, isn't that what you're going after? Yeah. And they really haven't even. Said anything now. I will say, did, did they note it because there was a vignette they played? And I'll be honest with you, I was fast forwarding through Raw and I kind of fast forwarded. Did they even note, you know, him going after the title in that, or was that not even touched upon? I
1: don't remember. I know they mentioned uh, the week before when he came back and he was teaming with Rollins. They did mention on commentary, which was good, by the way, because usually continuity is not good in WWE but they did mention how or Michael Cole was talking about now he's teaming with Seth Rollins who's the guy who injured him you know he's the first ever universal champion and he had to hand over the belt because of the injury so they, they did mention how their their teaming was a bit awkward but I don't, I don't remember
0: this it's week just, yeah I mean it, it's it's so weird with this you know with Lesnar is the part time champion no one's really talking about I want Brock Lesnar yeah, I mean, they, I guess they did it with Strowman, but um, man, you would think that like there's a lot of guys who would you know that would kind of be their angle, and they seem a little directionless. But particularly fit Well, like, like Justin and I said on the show,
1: Goldberg Lesnar should not have been for the title. Only because Lesnar's a bad end game. That's <laughs> well, true. Yeah, that's true. Brock Lesnar, can I just say this right now? Oh God, <laughs> where is this going? Oh, God.
0: Here we go. How overrated is this guy? (laughs) My God. Like, people bitch of like all the bitching about Goldberg that took place from the usual crowd. There's like Goldberg's run, at least, was like pretty brief, right? Like, Brock Lesnar has been around for a while and he's got this sweetheart deal. And let's just call a spade a spade. He doesn't deliver on that sweetheart deal. Like, okay. given what he gets, there's no spike when Brock Lesnar shows up on these pay-per-views or Raw. Like, his, like the Raws that he's on, they don't, like, draw, like, there's no huge rating spike for him.
2: Well, it's I think part of it is the way he's been booked. As Ryan's pointed out in the past, this guy can do more than just Suplex City. It's just that that's the, the corner they've put him in.
0: Yeah, and I no agree. That's a bad corner The, the it's super a terrible uh, gimmick. It's funny. I had so these casuals that they're trying to, you know, bring back in with Lesnar and such, right? They, I, I had a, a buddy who literally, who, I, I was stunned when I came home and talked to him. He's like, "Yeah, I subscribed to WWE Network to watch WrestleMania." I was, I was shocked by this person. I mean, he, he's come over and watched a few shows with me, but I was, he's like, "Well, it was free," you know. I took advantage of the free month. I'm like, "Okay." But he's like, he's like, you know, this Suplex City thing is dumb. I'm like, that's very interesting. Yeah, his matches are
1: so boring. Like, yeah. like and, Justin and, said, he can do so much. Well, this is a guy who could do a Shooting Star
0: Press off the top rope. Well, he's not gonna do. I, well, he's not gonna do it now, but he to. could do it.
1: I mean, it's he he was was to,
0: he's no, got this. Look, uh, with the booking, I'll say this right now: his first year was poor. You know, he should not have lost that first match to John Cena. Yeah. And he should not have lost at WrestleMania to Triple H. That feud just went on too long in general. Then it should have been like a one-match feud, not a three-match feud like they made it. But, man, I, he has not done anything remotely interesting since losing the title at WrestleMania 31 to me. Yeah, he had I the just... rematch with The Undertaker, and I guess that there was a couple of good angles there. But... um Man, that Dean Ambrose feud sucked and you know go the, honestly one for Bill Goldberg Jesus where would this guy be I mean that Shane McMahon feud that was going to be interesting no I just think he's been booked into a corner
1: I I think this just I, city I just stuff he has all, to do it
0: and doesn't deliver I, I don't know I just don't think he'd like I think it's a mistake to have him as the champion I, I think there's something to be said that he's just
1: comfortable doing what he's doing. He's getting paid a massive paycheck, and he's not going to go beyond that. But I also think the booking's part of it. They got the T-shirt Suplex City, they got the promos with Heyman constantly using that tagline. That's how he's been built up. I'm sure he's told from the people calls above are kind of boring. like yeah. and I love Paul Heyman, but it's the same effing thing. Yeah, I'm sure he's told though. Like he has to have the suplex, the German suplex spots in his match, which really hamper his match quality because at this point, like years later do we really need to see 95% of a Brock Lesnar match being German suplexes over and over and punches on the ground, and that's about it. Yeah, one
0: time, exactly. It was the Royal Rumble match. The three-way with Cena and Rollins. It was really cool, but I don't know, man. Brock Lesnar, to me, is one of the most boring characters in WWE.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree, and I'm a guy who really likes Brock Lesnar, but, man, he is not interesting, (laughs) and he is not the guy that should be champion, that's for sure. Okay,
0: but let's go beyond, like, looking at it so like there's no denying that as a draw he may be the greatest draw in ufc history okay yeah but is he a great pro wrestling draw if you go back to his first run the re- the one wrestlemania he worked on top 19 in seattle is like the only modern wrestlemania that knows dived at the box office
1: yeah i mean he was gone for such a long time he was on top after the attitude era died down mm-hmm. um he, he wasn't the business wasn't particularly hot at that time although you know viewership wise they're doing a lot a lot bigger numbers than they are now
0: yeah, and like, that one Russell i mean you know and I mean, you study the numbers wrestlemania 19 has these like incredibly low numbers. Like WrestleMania has always been pretty steady when you, you know, if you like group like a four year and like 20, like jumped way up. 18 was way like 19 just did this inexplicable nose dive. And
2: this, this is why I will never give two shits about numbers is because I actually loved WrestleMania 19. Oh no,
0: the show was great. See, it's I, you I do I have, I have a good cop, bad cop relationship with that show if you watch it like just self-contained um and like in a vacuum it does come across as like pretty big time especially like the the big stars on it compared to maybe today or something but jesus christ the booking was horrible in 2000. Well,
1: Triple H should not have beat Booker T. Yeah, that was, um, that was that should
0: not have, that match should not have been made. Cuz Booker T was not Here's the thing you have to remember, old Bill Goldberg was coming in and that was the plan was to put Goldberg over Triple H. And I'll absolutely listen to you that RVD or Booker T was more deserving of the quickie title reign than was Shawn Michaels in that era, but I actually didn't think Booker T should have won that match. I just don't think the match should have been made. It was just so bizarre the way the match was built up and he was just like emasculated yes. <laughs> and he didn't was, get his revenge. At no, all. it was very bad. That's what I'm saying. The match shouldn't have been made. Like if, if your goal is not to put Booker T over in that spot, then the match should not happen. Yeah. Like that, that should have been Kevin Nash mm-hmm. doing that. Then you know, if you're just going to, if you just kind of want to build a baby face up for a mania title match, he's going to lose. It should have been Kevin Nash, um, yeah. who, who they went with for the first raw pay-per-view, which is mind boggling. But, um, but, God, the, you know, people complain about booking nowadays. In WB. The booking nowadays is so much better than it was in 2003. 2003 and 2002 were two of the most pathetically booked years um, in this company's history.
1: You don't have to tell have to me. To I, was, I was at the... That. I was at the famous Raw show where they did the HLA angle with your favorite Eric Bischoff. So you don't have to tell me about late 2002 WWE booking. It
0: was- God, how awesome. bad was Raw in that era?
1: Justin sent me an email. I remember very vividly because we were working together at the time. Justin sent me an email after that show because he knew I was there. And he was like, that was the Raw, the RAW, one of the worst Raws I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, And my car died going to the
0: arena, which made it that much worse
1: Ooh. of an experience.
0: Yeah, I, I just I just think Brock Lesnar doesn't deliver on that sweetheart. deal. I mean, what he's paid. For, I mean, you're right. He's he hasn't. I don't think he was ever booked to his full potential upon the return. But God, you have that sweetheart deal like he has. And yeah, okay. That f- first summer slam he worked against Triple H that did a surprisingly good number. Um, but God, I mean, when was the last time Brock Lesnar like delivered good numbers? And he should, given what he's paid. Yeah. I, I just I think this gimmick with him as the champion, Ugh. I would take Roman Reigns as the universal champion any day of the week over Brock Lesnar.
1: Well, it might be weeks till we see Brock Lesnar from the sounds of it. It might be late May Months. or early June. Yeah, that's what they're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, June or July. At the very earliest. But one thing I can tell you, it's not going to be weeks until you see us again because we're coming at you every week, guys, Top Rope Nation. Here on YouTube, we are on Stitcher Radio, TopRopePress.com. Podbean, and of course, iTunes. If you guys are listening on iTunes, subscribe, leave us a rating, it helps us out. It takes you two seconds. Um, also, we got t shirts over at slash top rope press. Um, and so you can pick up one of those. I think they're 20 bucks or something. Helps show out. It's, it's a good looking t shirt. Check it out. You see it here on the screen right now. So, with that being said, any uh, closing thoughts, guys, before we sign off this week?
2: Yeah, uh, it looks like Seth Rollins is working on a new finisher, and I think it looks dope. It looks like it's going to be a version of the Rainmaker where he brings in the uh, high knee instead of a clothesline.
1: I like I it. Think- I like it because it has the uh, history with like what he did to John Cena, breaking his nose.
2: Yeah, knees to faces. That's
0: right, Kyle. I think Jinder Mahal has got the stiffest finisher in the game right now. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is sobbing right now you to his talk, you, like out, you talk about elbows to faces. Jinder Mahal puts you on the <laughs> shelf, man. <laughs> Bain's to faces. Jinder, freaking Mahal. This guy is tough.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode thirty-four of Top Rope Nation, and we will be back with you next week. Check us out at TR Nation Podcast on Twitter. Ninety-five percent of the tweets come from Mister Justin Joint. You will enjoy them. Um, at TRP Kyle, at Historical Ryan, at Joint three one nine, TopRopePress.com we'll check Sorry you for guys. the wait. Like. <laughs> we'll check you guys next week.